Hi. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's Give the Small Talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 105 of Let's Give the Small Talk. Today is going to be a very touching episode. Recently, I just finished a book by John Grisham called Suli, and there was a message that really stood out to me. And I just felt compelled to come share that message with you today because it was just weighing so heavy on my heart. Today, we'll be talking about the burden of success. A lot of times when we think of success, we just think of the glory, we think of the money, we think of the fame, we think of the big house, the cars, but there's an ugly side to success. There's a weight that comes with success. And for some people, for many people, to be honest with you, it's not easy to cope with at first. And for some, it's not easy for them to cope with at all. So we'll be diving deep into the burdens of success as I dive in and tell you the fictional story about young Suli, and I'll also be giving you some real-life accounts, too, about how sometimes success doesn't always turn out to be what we thought it would be. But before we dive deep, first, let's talk about the podcast. If you enjoy Let's Skip the Small Talk and you would like to help the podcast reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please do so. All you have to do is simply text this episode link to one person in your phone. Just one person. That's all you have to do. I deeply appreciate it. You guys have been doing it. So please continue to do so. And thank you. Thank you in advance. Let's start this show off with a little motivation. Three, two, one. Score! Goal season is here. I repeat, goal season is here. I want to give a special shout out to all the goal seekers out there. Everybody that is grinding and striving. Today, I just want to give you some words of encouragement. As you know, this has been a true grind in every sense of the word, in every sense of the definition, day in and day out. You know, when you're working towards your goals or your dreams or your aspirations, whatever you want to call it, when you're working towards something, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of you on numerous levels because one, you don't know when it's going to come. So you have to believe. You have to have the utmost belief in what you're doing and in yourself. And that's not always easy. That's not always easy. So for everyone that is out there that is still believing in what they're doing and believing in themselves, congratulations to you. 
congratulations to you because that, my friend, is the biggest hurdle. We all know that. We all know that, you know, for some people, they can't see past what's in front of them. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. There are some people who don't have vision. There are some people who don't have foresight. All they can see is right in front of them. And for you to have the ability after eight months to still, still, Believe in what you're doing and still see the finish line and still see the outcome that that is amazing. I tip my hat to you. Actually, I take my hat off to you. Because that is big and I want you to know that that is big and don't take that lightly. That is a gift. The gift to see the finish line when you're still running the race. Is a great gift to have. It really is. So once again, everyone out there that is grinding, striving, all the goal seekers out there who has not given up on their goals and who are still seeing it to the very end until their goal is in the palm of their hand. And their goal is now part of their reality. Their dream is now part of their reality. Their aspiration is something they no longer aspire because it is a part of their daily life. Much respect and shout out to you. Keep going. Keep going. That's all I can say is keep on going. Okay? All right. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. As you know, guys, at the top of the episode, I did tell you that this episode was inspired by the novel Suli, which is written by John Grisham. Let me tell you a little bit about Suli himself and uh, and how success turned out for him. Suli. Actually, let me say his full name. Samuel Suleiman was from South Sudan. When I was first introduced to Samuel, he was the age of 16 years old, six foot two, and about 180 pounds. And Suli always walked around with a basketball in his hand. Suli had been playing basketball for years. Now, the country has a national team, right? And Suli was actually chosen to be on the national team to play in the United States, which is almost every person's dream who's not from the U.S., right? Everybody who plays international basketball, the goal is to play basketball in the United States because this is where the greatest basketball players play in the NBA, right? So Suli was on a junior national team representing his home country and they came and they played six games and they won three games and they lost three games. And before Suli can go back home, his village was pillaged. Some of the rivals came in and they put all the boys and men into one building and they killed them. And they took some of the girls and they raped them. And some of the women and children, they managed to run, run through the trails for days, 
running for their lives. And they finally made it to a camp. A camp that had porridge every day for the meal. That didn't have any clothes for them. Didn't have any fresh running water. But they had a tent. So it wasn't the best. But that's where Suli's mother and two younger brothers made it to. His father was killed. And his sister was killed. Suli... Once he found out about all this news, his coach wouldn't let him go back home. He said, Suli, there is no home for you. There's no home. We're going to try to get you a visa so you can stay here in America. And they managed to do that. And his coach also managed to get Suli a walk-on invitation to a Division II college in HBCU down in North Carolina. At this age, Suli was 17 years old and... He was torn. I mean, when you're ripped away from your family and he has no communication with his mother or his younger brothers, he doesn't know if any of his family members is alive until one day his coach brought him into a room and confirmed to him that his father did pass. All Sully has to get through all of this is basketball. And every morning... When I say morning, guys, I mean Suli was up before the sun and the birds in the gym. 5 a.m., 4 a.m., well before it was time for classes. Shooting, 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 shooting. The coach would come in and see him drenched in sweat. I'd say, how long you been in here? About three hours, coach. How many shots did you put up? I put up about 400 shots. How many did you make? 152. He said, well, son, that's about 30%. That's not good. He said, I know, coach. That's why I'm here. And then he went back to shooting. Suli's work ethic was unmatched. And it showed. Eventually it did. For the first 12 to 15 games, Suli didn't get any playing time. He was actually going to be a red shirt. The coach just didn't really know what to do with him. Suli was fast. But he was growing so tall, he wasn't a point guard like he originally was appointed to be. He was more along the size of a forward now. He was 6'8". He's been in the gym, in a weight room. He's 230 pounds. He's a big dude. But at the time, his shot wasn't falling. Sully kept shooting. He kept, he kept shooting. He never stopped. And one day, a player got injured. And Suli got in the game. And Suli did what he knew best. He shot a long three ball, about 30 feet out. Squish. And it went in. And there, my friends, there is where Suli mania begins. Was anybody familiar with the run of Jeremy Lin? Anybody remember Jeremy Lin from the New York Knicks? Remember Lin Sanity? When Jeremy Lin was going crazy with the New York Knicks, he was just hitting all type of shots, putting up all type of points. And the whole NBA world was just in love with him because he was the least likely person to be so dominant. But he was so confident. And we spoke about it before, guys. With confidence, you could do anything you want in this world. And Suli. Suli was full of confidence. For the next 20 games, Suli was firing away. The coach centered the offense around him. He didn't know he had 
a special player sitting at the end of the bench this entire time. But Sully put the work in. And so when the time came, he rose to the occasion. He's putting up 30 points. He's putting up 40 points. He's putting up 50 points. He's breaking NCAA records, setting new records for his school. So much so, they make it to the big dance. Everybody knows what the big dance is. March Madness. That's right. They made it to the tournament as the 16th team, which always goes against the number one team. And you know what they did when they faced Florida? They beat them. And they moved on. And they beat the next team. And they moved on. And they beat the next team. And they moved on. And they beat the next team. Suli and his team made it to the final four. Can you guys believe that? Number 16. 16th seed. Made it to the final four? Wow. Unfortunately, they did lose to Villanova in the final four. But their coach told them to walk away with their heads high. Because who would have ever imagined that they would have made it so far? Suli was a sensation. As you can imagine, Suli was drafted number nine in the NBA draft. Can you guys believe this? Drafted number nine to the Washington Wizards. And this is where the story takes a turn. Because as beautiful as success may seem, unfortunately, everyone can't bear the weight that comes with it. <sighs> Sully just got signed. He's down at the agent's house in Miami. He's partying. He's, you know, getting accustomed to all these new women surrounding him. And uh, he's enjoying his life, right? He did it. He made it to the NBA. One day, him and his friend and his newfound girlfriend at the time decided to go to the Bahamas to go to a music festival. And they was out there. They was dancing and raving and partying. It was a three-day festival. The first night went great. The second night went great. And the third night of the music festival, Suli was just having such a great time, just dancing, partying. He went up to this penthouse. There was like an after party up there. And this lady, this lady pulled him away from his girlfriend and said, come here, follow me. And she said, uh, I don't want to get you in trouble, but I want to hook up with you later. And she handed him a pill. And said, here, take this. You'll last all night long. It was Molly. But as many people know, that is the street name for ecstasy. And before she walked away, she said, you know what? Take these. And she gave him three more. And Suli didn't know anything about pills. He's never taken pills before. So he popped the Molly and he went back dancing, having fun. He said, man, this is so great. I don't want this to end. He popped another molly. And he's dancing, he's dancing. He's loving. He popped another molly. And next thing I know, his friend, his girlfriend, and everyone else that was back in their suite was trying to wake Suli up. But he wouldn't move. His body was stiff. Stiff as a log. Life. Life was long gone. Suli passed away from an overdose. 
everyone. Everyone was in shock because Suli, he, he didn't use drugs. He wasn't a drug user. But he happened to use them that night. And for the first time he did because he didn't know what he was taking. And guys, we don't know what's inside those pills. They did the autopsy on the pills that Suli had in the system. And it was ecstasy mixed with caffeine, mixed with cocaine, mixed with other things. It was a mixture of things. And because he took so many, his body began to overheat, which made his kidney fail. And that's what he died from, kidney failure. Within five hours of taking the first molly, he was gone forever. Sully's been in contact with his mothers and his brothers. He found them and he was about to bring them to America to live with him. He was one month away from signing his NBA contract worth $14 million. He had it all right there. And just like that, in a blink of an eye, it was all gone. Sully passed away at the age of 18 years old. 18. Life hasn't even begun yet. You don't know anything at 18 years old. You think you know everything, but we all know you don't know nothing at 18. You know, when I read this, first of all, I didn't see this coming in the book. I was really looking forward to hearing about Sully's first NBA game and then maybe get like an epilogue where it talks about Sully went on to have a great career. His family came over. He got married. He had children. I was waiting for all of that, but none of that ever came. None of it. And that's what I'm here to talk to you guys about today. The burden of success. Success sounds good, and it looks good. Oh, Lord, yes, it does. But if you don't know how to cope with success, if you don't know how to manage success, success can be your worst enemy. Instead of it being your dream, it can be your worst nightmare. And I know I'm speaking about Suli, who was a fictional character in a novel, but we know people who have dealt was struggling with success as well. I mean, Bryson Tiller, one of my favorite musicians, R&B artists, he said after his first album went platinum as many times as it did, he became depressed because Bryson didn't know how to deal with all this newfound success. I mean, he was selling out tours, arenas were being packed out. Everyone was singing his songs. This is everything you could dream of. But his world was flipped upside down. His relationship with his girlfriend, who's also the mother of his child, for years suddenly was tarnished. So he lost that. And, you know, he has all these new friends and he doesn't know who to trust and he doesn't know who to believe. And he doesn't know if he can make another album as good as his first one. And so... He falls into depression. And he dealt with it for years until he said he had to pull himself out of it. There's also Rod Wave, my other favorite musician who is now on the rise. But if you listen to his music, he talks all the time about how people change when the money comes. They say you change. Well, you do change to a certain extent because now you don't know who to trust. You don't know who's there for you and who's there for your money. 
You don't know who's stealing from you. How many times have you heard about celebrities, musicians, actors, athletes being robbed by their own friends, their own friends skimming from the pot? Oh, they won't see this $1,000 being gone, $2,000 gone. They appoint their friends as their managers or their financial advisors, and they're putting money in their own accounts, like with Fetty Wap. His manager took over $250,000 from him. Gone. Gone. So much is happening. You're traveling all over the country. You're in a different city every single night. And you're trusting these people with your money and and your best interests, but all they have in mind is their own interests. Success isn't always pretty. It's not. Success at times can be a burden. And it's hard. It's hard to sit here and give tips of how to cope with success and how to manage success when you haven't lived there. Everybody lived their own path. But if I can give any words of advice, it would be this. Try, try to keep your circle around you. Because there's going to be a lot of people who's going to want to be very, very close to you. So if it's your wife, please give it everything you have to make that marriage work. If it's your girlfriend, if it's your significant other, if it's your children, spend time with them. Try to make it work. I've seen that too, firsthand. My dad, growing up, he worked so much to provide for his family to give us a big house, two, three cars in the driveway. But he was working so much that our relationship dwindled. It wasn't the same anymore. He didn't have time to play with me outside anymore. He didn't have time to do the surprises anymore. The only time he was around was to tell me what I was doing wrong or to discipline me. But yet, in his eyes, he was providing for his family. That's a lesson I learned firsthand. To never put work, my purpose, my job in front of my family. The reason why you do all of this is for your family. Don't ever forget that. So please keep the people that is near and dear to you close. It just may be two or three people, but that's okay. All you need is one in this world. Trust me. But like I said, everybody goes across their own journey. Success is not easy. Just be aware that there's two sides to every coin. And you figure it out. I know you will. But just keep whoever you can close, near and dear that you trust. Because you're going to need somebody to vent to. Somebody you could pour your feelings out to, pour your heart out to, pour your emotions out to. You're going to need that. You will. Okay? All right. With that being said, let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. As you know, each and every episode, I recommend something for you to read, something for you to watch, something for you to do, because you deserve to treat yourself. You absolutely do. Guys, we spoke about this over a hundred times. You can't pour from an empty cup. So please find 10, 15, 30 minutes, an hour, hopefully, just for yourself to do something that you enjoy, to refill your cup. What I recommend that you watch is a brand new television series on Netflix that guys, I fell in love with. Sweet Tooth. Brand new series on Netflix called Sweet Tooth. Now, 
What reeled me in is this series is like a post-apocalyptic type thing. You know, I love those type of things, right? When everything is just flipped upside down and it's like this new world order. And so that's what Sweet Tooth is all about. However, here's the kicker. They're hybrids. There were children that were born part child, part animal. And so it's this like battle between hybrids and allegedly them being the cause of the virus. So people not fond of them, but that's not necessarily true. And some people are trying to speak up for the hybrids. And and yet each and every day you're trying to live because there's always somebody right behind you trying to hunt you down. So Sweet Tooth, check it out. It's really good. It's like surprisingly good. Like when I first hunted on, I thought it was going to be like corny, but I'm like five episodes in. I like it. (laughs) So check it out. Once again, Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Now for something to read. What I recommend that you read is a book, a book by Russ. Anybody familiar with who Russ is, the musician? Multiple billboard hits. Big, 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 big artist. Russ wrote a book titled, It's All in Your Head. And in this book, Russ inspires readers to walk their individual paths and beat their biggest obstacles. Can anybody guess what everyone's biggest obstacle is? That's right. Themselves. So Russ talks all about that. He dives into his method, which is quite simple. Love and believe in yourself without a doubt and work hard no matter what. Russ does a real good job in this book, giving readers a way to find self-belief and unlock their potential. Once again, this book is titled It's All in Your Head by Russ. We've all heard him on the radio before. If you turned on the radio, you have heard Russ before. Check it out. It sounds really good. I'd definitely be adding it to my list. And I would love, love for you to read it along with me. All right. Now for something to do. What I recommend that you do is uh, I want you to do a circle check. Yeah. I want you to check your circle. Whoever you deem to be a part of your circle, I want you to just check and see how that relationship is. Now, here's why I say that. We outgrow people. And the last thing you want to do is bring a person that you outgrew into a new situation. That's a recipe for failure. Okay. People change. We all change. It's a part of life. We may not all evolve, but we all do change. So here's the thing. I want you to do a circle check. It's okay to outgrow people. It really is. But trust me, the last thing you want to do is bring outdated friendships into a new phase of your life. It's not easy. It requires a lot of honesty, a lot of transparency, but it's necessary. It's a way you could get ahead of the curve. So do a circle check. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I deeply appreciate it. If you enjoy this episode, please send it to one person on your phone so they can enjoy it as well. I deeply appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you in advance. Before you leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Success is more difficult to handle than failure. Thank you.